Hey everybody, welcome to Mining Stock Daily. This is Trevor Hall, and today is Friday, August 16th. Thank you so much for tuning in. We have an in-depth interview today with one of our sponsors, actually. That's the CEO of Pacific Empire Minerals, Mr. Brad Peters. Brad takes us in-depth on why the company has decided to kind of put some more focus on the, in their strategy with the Pinnacle Reef Porphyry Project there in central BC and mobilizing their reverse circulation drill from the Bulkley Initiative over into this new project. Well, not new project to them, but uh, definitely a, a refocus of the area. So we go in depth with them about that. Before we get started, I do want to give a special thanks to all of our sponsors, including Pacific Empire Minerals. That includes Integra Resources, Western Copper and Gold, and Monera Alamos. Monera Alamos also had news out actually yesterday, which we were not able to put on yesterday's show. But they put out their uh, strategy for the phase two of their drilling project there at Santana, which is exciting news. So you may look to uh, get into their press release and more information about that if you've missed it. If you are listening to this interview on Amazon Alexa, you are listening to an abbreviated version. Full in-depth interview can be found basically anywhere else you find your podcast. So without further ado, I'm going to leave it my conversation with Brad. Hope you have a great weekend, and we'll see you on Monday morning. Take care. Enjoy the interview. And joining me today on Mining Stock Daily in our Friday in-depth interview is the CEO of Pacific Empire Minerals. That's Brad Peters. Uh, Brad, uh, thank you for joining us. We may mention thank you for your support with Mining Stock Daily. I'm glad we could have you on as a sponsor. Our pleasure. Thank you, Trevor. So we got a number of things to cover. We had some pretty uh, pretty big news from you guys earlier this week. Um Seems like uh, you announced that the company is going to refocus its attention uh, onto the Pinnacle Porphyry project there in central British Columbia. Uh, this area includes both the NWT and Pinnacle Reef properties, which covers uh, about over 14,000 hectares of land area. Uh, but Peter, give us an understanding of why this change in strategy by the company. No, absolutely. We did announce that we, we uh, are shifting our focus to this uh, this project area. Uh, essentially, there really is uh, there really isn't a change in strategy at, within the company. Uh, our strategy has always been to use uh, reverse circulation drilling to advance our projects. Uh, and in the case of uh, Pacific Empire, we have uh, relatively rigid criteria for continued drilling. And uh, although we were seeing anomalous copper and molybdenum. Uh, in the Bulkley area with drilling this year, the grading intervals that were returned from partner-funded drilling at the pinnacle over the last five years uh, were just something that could not be ignored by us. Uh, in addition, the, uh, the presence of gold on that property is very intriguing, and the, the, the current gold market, uh, when we combined those factors for us, uh, that was it was really a no brainer at, at that point that we decided that this was the best use of our funds. Uh, so Pinnacle Reef, it's it has some recent history of exploration. Uh, you guys did stake it back in I believe it uh, 2012. Uh, can you That's walk right. us through the history of this project uh, and uh, some of the results from those exploration activities? Absolutely. We, you're correct. We did stake the, uh, the property was staked by us back in 2012. It was the first property that we put within the company. 
and we selected the uh, the target area based on uh, regional scale geophysical interpretations that really suggested this area is centered on a very large regional flexure. Uh, but because the area is essentially very low-lying and there are swamps in this area, very little work had really ever taken place in this area. And uh, at the time, uh, we had our partner, Oz Minerals, who came on. They were the first partner to come on there in, in 2014. And for Oz, this was really the perfect project for them, as one of their uh, criteria is that if you're looking for a large near-surface copper-gold porphyry system, the best place to, to look is is really under 10 meters of cover. And so this was ideally suited for Oz. And they were the first partner we had uh, advanced the project, and they had it through 2014 and 15. And they were uh, uh, a fantastic partner here for us and really got things rolling on the property with the uh, completion of three IP surveys over three uh, three areas that were uh, probably separated by five kilometers each. Uh, all the results from these uh, initial IP uh, surveys showed us that there were chargeability anomalies uh, at all three locations. Uh, what they did was they selected two of those locations, the elbow and the sooner, uh, for follow-up diamond drilling. And it was the follow-up diamond drilling in 2015. It was the first time anybody had ever drilled any diamond holes in this area. And the first hole they drilled at the elbow zone, uh, that returned 94 meters at 0.33 grams gold. Uh, an additional drilling in this area uh, by uh, our, uh, the next partner, ML Gold, again uh, interest, intersected uh, highly anomalous gold over intervals ranging from 50 to 100 meters, uh, and in many cases right at surface. Uh, that it was uh, in 2015 that Oz uh, began drilling. Uh, they also drilled the Sooner area. They put three holes in there, and that's just to the west of Elbow. Uh, two of the three holes returned copper intervals there, ranging for, you know, on the order of 1 to 230 meters uh, and, and well in excess of our minimum threshold criteria, which was a big part of us looking at this project to focus on immediately. Uh, and it was following Oz, they returned the property to us in 2015, where ML Gold came in and picked up, uh, uh, they uh, picked up the property and uh, continued diamond drilling and doing uh, more geophysics. In 2016, they completed three diamond holes at the elbow. Again, more gold uh, to the south of uh, the Oz drilling, uh, very close to surface, just under cover. And in, again, in 2017, uh, ML went back in uh, an area to the north called Applite Creek. Uh, and they drilled a number of holes in that area as well uh, with uh, anomalous copper and gold, but uh, certainly not as interesting as the results we'd seen to the south at Elbow and Sooner. Um, and basically, to summarize, all of the IP chargeability surveys in that area have now been compiled, and it's, it's really clear to us now that uh, the original anomalies defined by Oz Minerals back in 2014, uh, they're not individual discrete anomalies, but it, it's clear to us now that these, uh, these anomalies are really, uh, m uh, they make up uh, a much larger area of anomalous chargeability, and, and that's really going to be our focus here uh, going forward. So I wanted to ask you about the decision you made as the CEO of this company and definitely as a, you know, as a project generator, yep. 
working through a tough market, which it seems like we're just getting out of uh, based on the precious metals uh, spot prices and future prices. Um, but how difficult of a decision was it for you and your team on the management level to go to the board and say, you know, we were really excited about this Bulkley initiative and working with that the first half of the year, and that's what we wanted to focus on. But now we think we need a transition uh, over to this new project. Can you kind of walk us through what, how you made that decision and uh, uh, what the board kind of thought about the moving forward with that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think we're in a, firstly, in a very fortunate position. Uh, I think what I would say to that, what I would preface it with is if if somebody asks us what we're looking for on a property, uh, the answer should never be, it depends. Uh, as I mentioned, we have very strict uh, threshold criteria for drilling, and we have to meet that in order to in order to continue drilling. We know exactly what we're looking for in terms of uh, parts per million copper over uh, say a hundred meters, and parts per billion gold over a hundred meters, and in 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 a sense. Um, the decision is very easy. If you have those criteria and that structure in place prior to drilling, uh, where you have a, a very defined search space in terms of what you need to continue, uh, then it's, a, it's actually a pretty simple decision. And that's important for us because, uh, you know, uh, probably the most difficult decision you can make as a CEO isn't to continue drilling. Sometimes it's to know when to stop the drill and when to reposition the drill. Uh, so when I presented that, the, the, the feedback and was, was based, it was pretty simple. Uh, everybody understood that this is what we're looking for. We weren't seeing it at the Bulkley uh, in our first pass through our highest ranking targets. Um, but when presented with what we'd had on the, uh, the pinnacle here over the last five years, where the vast majority of holes had not just met, but uh, exceeded uh, very significantly our minimum threshold criteria, it was really an easy decision. And I think that's really a function of having that structure in place. Well, it probably is one of the fortunate outcomes of being a company that has multiple projects in their portfolio, right? So if we're seeing, exactly. if, exactly. if we're seeing precious metals uh, move into more of a bull market while copper, uh, unfortunately, continues to be suppressed through the uh, through the trade talks, and I know uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that more uh, here in a few minutes. But you are able to be versatile, right? And that's uh, one of the things you. It seems like a, a very positive and a strength of the company. Well, this is. A, there are certain aspects of the prospect generator model that we absolutely love. This is one of them: uh, flexibility, options. Uh, one of the. Uh, the, the things, the criticisms I think we had with the generator business model, and we, we can talk about this later, is that they don't drill. Uh, and you lose, you know, you just, you lose the flexibility if you're not drilling. Of course, if you, if you are going to drill as a generator, uh, diamond drilling is just cost prohibitive uh, to do it on, it on the level that we would like to do it. Uh, but um, but uh, that's something that I think that for us, that the ability to drill uh, gives us those options and flexibility. So I know you are very, very um, excited about the Pinnacle Reef uh, property now, but I do want to ask you, what can you tell investors about where this leaves you in the Bulkley Copper Gold Project, which was your main focus the first half of this year? Now that uh, we know your attention has shifted, uh, what, what's your, uh, you know, 
can we expect any news flow out of Bulkley uh, from this point moving forward? Good question. Uh, I would say at this point, uh, what we did is we tested our highest ranking targets. Uh, we did not uh, see what we were looking to see. Uh, there are targets absolutely that remain. We have all of our permits in place, and I suspect what we will do is, based on what we see from drilling at the Pinnacle Reef uh, or the Pinnacle Project uh, over the next several months, that we will uh, take the data from both projects and uh, make a decision here over the winter as to how to proceed. But there are certainly targets remaining at the Bulkley, and uh, I would suspect that we'll be back there to probably test one or two of them next year. Uh, we won't do a full program there, uh, I don't think, next year, although things could change. You never know, uh, depending on uh, what we see from the, uh, from the laboratory here. But uh, I would suspect that there's probably two or three target areas that we'd like to have a look at here uh, and put a drill in, uh, and they will be, uh, I guess I would call them, secondary targets for next year. Okay. Uh, and yeah. follow-up, where's the drill now? It seems like you, so are you currently mobilizing? Yeah. And uh, what kind of news flow can shareholders expect uh, uh, from the new project? Or Sorry, it's not new, but from Pinnacle Reef. Yeah, well, it is, it's new in a, in, in a sense in that we, we did uh, – we, we did join the two projects together, the NWT and Pinnacle Reef. We linked them with some staking and then added some ground to the south. And what we've done is de we demobilized the drill from our Bulkley property, and it's in storage uh, just in the Prince George area there at the, for the time being. The boys brought the drill back, picked up the stuff for our camp at the Pinnacle, at, at the Pinnacle property. So they're on route there now, and they'll have camp, uh, a preliminary camp in place there here shortly. And what we can expect, I, I think, from us here in the near future, the next, uh, I think, very interesting news that I'm looking forward to certainly is we'll be flying a or uh, flying the uh, the uh, the geophysical crew in for an IP survey here uh, at the Pinnacle North, and that will take place here over probably the next 10 days to two weeks, something in that in that, in that sort of time frame. And this is an area where we, we did a high-resolution airborne magnetic survey earlier this year that really looked interesting. And so we're looking to see here if this area of anomalous chargeability extends uh, further to the north here, uh, much further to the north, in fact. And if we, uh, if we can come back here with positive results from the IP survey, uh, I, I think that would be a very interesting situation here for this property and that it would open up a, a very large area here to, uh, to exploration and prospective exploration in the sense that where we've done these IP surveys so far, uh, they are, when, and they've been drilled, what we are seeing is sulfide in bedrock, whether it's, uh, whether it's pyrite with gold or pyrite with copper, uh, the chargeability signatures that we are seeing are not from sedimentary rocks such as argillites. Uh, these chargeability anomalies in this area uh, are from uh, sulfides in bedrock, which is exactly what we're looking for. So uh, the, uh, the IP survey, I would think results would come out here probably in a couple weeks, something like that. And then following that, we would uh, announce that the, uh, the drilling has begun, and uh, I would expect drilling to start up here in uh, early to mid-October, something like that. And uh, we are in an area. We're very fortunate here. This is why we love some of these flat areas that have been logged, is that this is an ideal winter drill location as well. So we have the ability here uh, to operate 12 months a year. 
and uh, that's something we're looking forward to as well. That if we can uh, if we can uh, keep having news flow throughout the winter, uh, I think that would be important for us and for our shareholders. Well, we look forward to that news fl- news flow, Brad. We'll be sure to re- uh, report that here on Mining Stock Daily as well. Uh, let's move on to some overall market questions, if you don't mind. Um, yep. So what are your thoughts on the overall copper market recently, given the downtrend and the price of the metal? And, yep. Uh, do you uh, do you think it all seems to be due to these trade conflicts uh, happening between the U.S. and China? I think it's certainly, uh, and I, I, mean, I'll, I mean, I'll admit I'm not an expert, but I do listen to, I try and listen to a wide variety of opinions, and I guess it would be my opinion that the trade talks, I think, undoubtedly are having a, uh, an impact. But I think there's also a component, I think, and we're seeing this now, is that there is a, uh, there is a slowdown in economic growth in Europe and uh, in some of the larger economies. Now, there's also, the, you know, people are wondering, well, is the slowdown a result maybe of some of these trade talks? Um, is this all linked? Um, maybe, maybe not. I'm not sure. But uh, I, I kind of look at copper in, in a sense that it, it's, it, it's, it's absolutely necessary going forward for a green economy. And uh, perhaps right now that's a bit of a rubber band effect, if you will, that the, the price is, is suppressed. But uh, if uh, trade talks were to uh, or uh, <laughs> get resolved or, uh, you know, maybe there's a little change politically somewhere, um, that the, uh, the upside on copper could certainly be lifted. Uh, we're very bullish uh, going forward on copper, but we just have to keep in mind that uh, not everything goes up in a straight line. So how are you balancing the copper versus gold aspect of your business model right now? Hmm. Well, when we first started the company, that was basically the question we asked ourselves. Um, we identified the, the two commodities that we wanted to focus on, which were copper and gold. Uh, for the reasons that they, they tended to act as a bit of a counterbalance um, in, in certain conditions uh, when maybe copper is, is under pressure, gold does well, and vice versa. Um, one of the reasons we've really targeted British Columbia, there are many reasons, but one of them is, is because the porphyry deposits that we have here have the potential to be gold-rich copper systems. And that, by having exposure to deposits that have both as the primary commodity, uh, we felt that 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 would address that issue in that uh, we had both commodities and protection and a bit of a hedge uh, depending on uh, the, you know, financial conditions and the overall market outlook. All right. Uh, I did want to ask you about uh, the company as being a publicly uh, traded entity. And I, I believe it was Oh, goodness. A year and a half ago is when uh, Pacific Empire finally hit the publicly traded markets. Is that right? Yeah, March of 2018. Yeah, because I remember having having a discussion with you in Vancouver during Roundup right before that happened. And yep. um, I kept on thinking, you know, I remember that time at that Roundup, things were optimistic, but we didn't really understand just how bad things were going to get <laughs> in the metals sector. Um, and so obviously it's it's been tough, uh, not only for project generators, but also any junior mining entity uh, yep. dealing with these markets. Um, do you do you see this trend breaking anytime soon? I know we're starting to see the producers and some of the mid-tiers of precious metals starting to move upward. Um, there's still some discussion about some consolidation with the miners that uh, 
could happen here uh, sooner rather than later. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of the juniors, we're seeing some of them starting to move up a little bit in this cycle, but the the prospect generators, they're really, um, you know, they haven't seen that love yet. Uh, so how do you compare your, you know, uh, how do you see this trend breaking anytime soon? And how do you compare your, compare uh, Pacific Empire with some of the peers in the present moment? No, that's a, that's a great point. Um, no, I, I don't see it, it really changing in the near term, certainly with the generators. Um, the generators, they're, the, you know, they're really designed, the pure generator, um, the classic, I guess, traditional generators, really, they do best in very, very robust markets uh, where they're able to get uh, great deals on properties where everybody wants their properties and they can farm all of their properties out. Uh, we really have positioned the company from its inception uh, to be able to operate and withstand within what we call the new normal. Um, that if we can in, move forward and advance projects uh, cost effectively in these less than robust markets, uh, then we should be very well positioned for markets that are, are robust. Um, but th- that's one of the. Uh, that's one of the uh, issues with the generators right now is that, generally speaking, unless you have leverage, uh, and which really is, is a function of drilling, um, that it becomes very difficult to get the type of deals, certainly that we're looking for. And I've seen, just looking at a few deals again the other day here, where um, a company had come in and, and, and they're going to, they, they took 100% of the, this other generator's project and left them with a royalty. Uh, it's always been our strategy to retain a maximum interest in the project for uh, the maximum amount of time, um, and you have to drill in order to do that. Uh, we love the prospect generator business model, but we really asked ourselves, what if prospect generators could afford to drill at a low price, and how would this affect the prospect generator business model? And for us, the answer was it, it changes it tremendously. And, and, and that's, for us, it's, it's important that we are able to drill at a low cost because shareholders, investors, uh, they want to see a company have the maximum exposure to a project um, because if we're just, you know, if we option a property out or have a partner, for example, where all we retain is the royalty, then it's understandable that the generators w- wouldn't get lift in a market that's, uh, that's becoming more active. Uh, just because they just don't have the exposure to it, but by drilling, uh, that's we. But we've always felt that by if we could achieve low-cost drilling, that would give us the ability to have the leverage to retain the maximum interest in a property uh, if we bring in a partner, and and if we decide that it's a project where the market says, look, here's X dollars for a couple diamond uh, diamond rigs, go go put them on the property and continue, then we're in a position to do that as well. Uh, by being able to drill, again, it gives us flexibility and options and, and leverage, and that's something that we've always felt is important to the, uh, to the generator business model because at its core, we've always felt the generator business model is about a turnover of projects that it does, and you have to recognize that it does take turnover. You have to go through projects. Uh, and that's where you need the partners, multiple partners, to uh, to advance projects. Uh, but in a slow market, uh, you're not going to have five, you know, five, six, seven, eight, nine projects advancing simultaneously if those projects don't have drilling. 
And to address that, 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 that's where we brought in the RC drill. Well, and it certainly seems to de-risk projects for those potential partners who might be coming in exactly. looking at some of your properties as well. So it's a, it's a, yep. v- a very important piece of machinery. And may, you know, uh, maybe you'll move it up to management here sometime soon and announce that. But <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, Brad, that's all the time we have. Uh, I do want to uh, give you the opportunity, if there's anything else we missed that you wanted to share with the listeners, please do so but i appreciate your time no that's it that's all i think if i was to add one thing that i I pointed it out sort of in our in our in our press release there that you know when i was a young geologist i remember i used to go to the society of economic geologist conferences and 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 these are really the uber nerds of our business these aren't the guys uh pitching you know uh you know every you know their latest property and and one of the the comments i heard from a gentleman who uh his talk was uh, top 10 keys to finding a mine was uh, if you ever find visible gold in outcrop on a property be persistent and and uh, interestingly enough uh, we did find visible gold in outcrop just to the east of this property uh, I guess Rory and I back in 2007 and we again saw visible gold in, in, in uh, drill core cuttings in, in 2015 and continuously have seen gold across the property in all the creeks and and for us really this is in, on a high level, this is a, a, a very uh, significant component of why we're continuing to look at this property. It, it's that we just continue to see gold here, and uh, until uh, until we can prove it's not here, uh, I think this is a property we, we need to focus on here. All right. Well, thank you so much, Brad. I appreciate your time. That is Brad Peters. He's the CEO of Pacific Empire Minerals. They trades on the TSX Venture Exchange under the symbol PEMC and on the OTC markets in the U.S. with the symbol PEMSF. Take care, Brad. Thank you so much. Thank you, Trevor. Mining Stock Daily and its affiliates are not responsible for any loss arising from any investment decision in connection with the material presented herein. 